Hi, I'm Rachel. Hi, I'm Abby, and welcome to the Poor in Spirit podcast. We're glad you're listening. Hello. <laughs> How's it going, Ab? It is going. Did you know that Oklahoma is primed for a dust bowl? What? Could you imagine? <sighs> we're really in the apocalypse, aren't the we? The dust bowl, like, comes and we're, like, <laughs> suffocating while we have corona, while we're protesting. Be a nightmare. I don't even know how to handle that I information. I that earlier. How did you find that out? Well, yesterday we were driving and we were like, wow, the air is so bad. Obviously, there was a it fire. It was because of the fire, but. Well, yeah, so we're recording this on um, Wednesday. Yeah. Sorry we didn't put it on an episode yesterday. Abby was on her way back from Indiana. Yes. But um, there was a fire in a recycling plant. Yesterday. Or an Amazon facility. No, I saw the article. It's oh, a recycling okay. plant. Well, I think there's also an Amazon one. Uh, okay. There's a lot of things going on. Anyway, there was a fire and the air quality was really bad. Yeah. And, and it was super windy. we visibly noticed it in, like, OKC, Oklahoma City. We, like, actually noticed that it looked bad. Mm-hmm. Like, it looked hazy and polluted. Yeah, we, when my roommate and I were, like, driving back, we could see, like, it was weird. It looked like... It looked like something out of a movie. Yeah, like kind of like an apocalypse. Well, we or like a zombie of, film. We kind of are in an apocalypse. That's true. But, um, so we were driving and we were looking at the, how bad the air was. And, like, this was before we knew it was a fire. And so we were like, it looks really dusty. Like, what if it's, like, dirt because it's so dry? Because it's been kind of hot and stuff. And Forrest is like... You know that they're saying that we could have another Dust Bowl, like, any day now? And I was like, what? Because <laughs> if you don't know Oklahoma history, they have a history of having Dust Bowls in which, How, like, the dirt is, like, What does a like, Dust Bowl even look like in modern times? Bad. <laughs> no, it would be, like, it would be, like, a dust storm, you know? Like, just everywhere. Like, all the time? Yeah. Or would it be for, like, one day? Well, the Dust Bowl and the Dust Bowls in the past had lasted a really long time. Oh, good. My window doesn't smell Not just, like, one day kind of thing. I feel like I'd have to take my windows. Isn't that crazy, though? <laughs> that stresses me out. <laughs> How would you go anywhere? Uh, you, luckily, we already have masks, so all you'd have to do is get some goggles. <laughs> and I need goggles anyway, because I'm going to protests. What a world we live in. Yeah, um... Anyway, that's on that lot. note... Yeah, goodness. How has your week been? I know you... Okay, so you were in Indiana with your parents. Yes, so um, my family lives in Indiana. I never lived there. It's complicated. Go back and listen to our first episode, if you or second episode, if you want to learn more. Abby's story. Yes. But um, we... My husband <laughs> has a job that gets paid time off now, like, which is really job. cool. But he has a really limited number of days, so we decided to try to combine two trips in one and try to do it over the weekend and, like, be really strategic about it. So mm-hmm. we went to Indiana for a few days, and then on the... Which is a 13-hour drive. Yeah, which is 13-hour drive, so not fun. But we turned around after, like, only three days of being there so we could have our one-year anniversary, like, trip, because we've been married for one year, but... That's crazy. I know isn't it? Yeah. But, you know, it could have been better, could have been more... You were just really tired from driving. Yeah, we were really tired, but also, like, there's nothing to do, so it's not like we could have gone to, like, 
go to some kind of, I don't know, like, mall or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, just things that you do as, like, a trip. But it was still really good, and we had, like, we got to have a really fun dinner, but, you know, I had to make reservations, like, two two weeks in advance. It was just, like, a really weird time to be living. It was a really weird time to try to have your anniversary. Yeah, Yeah. like, just everything now has to be so, you have to be so careful and strategic. So, yeah, also, sorry if there's like noise in the background. We're at Rachel's new apartment. We are, and I think my roommate is like making lunch. There's, we have like a lot more people in this place. I have three roommates, they're all fabulous. I told them to listen to this, so shout out, guys, if you actually do listen. Yeah, but yeah, anyway, it's kind of, it's kind of chaotic. That's that's the theme. I would say chaos. But, but this yeah. apartment is like way better than my last one. I'm really lucky. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Anyway. So, have you been feeling about the like state of the world? Um, it's still kind of hard for me to like wrap my head around. Like, I don't necessarily feel like it doesn't necessarily feel as surreal anymore. But it is still hard for me to comprehend. But also, yeah. I think it's been really interesting because. Um, like, we have things going on in our personal lives and stuff, but then also there are things going on, like, externally. Yeah. And it's, like, kind of hard to be, like, okay, I know that my men- my own mental health is important, but I also know that, like, you know, social change is, like, important, and, like, yeah. what should I be focusing on, and, like, mm-hmm. I want to have time for myself. Like, that sounds selfish, but, like, it's, like, how do I have time to, like, focus on my mental health, but also, like... Give my effort, yeah, like, give my effort to other, like, really pressing, urgent matters, such as... Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's hard to Mm -hmm. be, like, in the middle It's hard to balance it all. Like, internally, externally. Yeah. Like, for example, the fact that we just, like, went to Indiana to, like, visit my family, like, some of me was, like, feeling guilty, because I was like, I shouldn't be doing, like, I shouldn't be, like, hanging out with my family, and, like, I should, like, be... I should be, like, prioritizing this more or, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I've, like, Mm -hmm. been wrestling with that kind of thing because I, my family really matters to me and because we live so far away, like, we only see them once a year or twice a year, if that. And, like, this was the only time we could go. But it, like, just so happened to be right as all this stuff started erupting. Which is good that it is. I'm not saying that it's, like, inconvenient or anything. Like, all of this is inconvenient for everyone. I mean, yeah. The world is just kind of being inconvenient, I think. Yeah, like, but you know what I'm saying? Like, trying to balance that. Because I know, like, your family came and visited you. And it's, like, all you want to do is, like, focus on this. But it's, like, well, is it bad for me to, like, want to hang out with my family? Like, for Yeah, I don't think that it's, it's... It's indicative of my white privilege to be able to, like... Yeah. I was about want to, say to prioritize that. other like, things as well. But you well. know what I'm saying, though. Like yeah. You, it's like you kind of struggle with being like, okay, wh- how much time should I give to this and this? Yeah, and, and this. also like, my mental health can't take going to a protest like every single day and like being yeah. so confronted. Yeah. Again, that's such like a white privilege. Like. I have the ability to say, like, I have to take a break from protesting. You know, like, that sounds so, like, whiny. But, like, you know, like, I can't. Yeah. I just can't do it every day. And, and I people, feel guilty for that. Yeah. And some people, like, actually have, like, jobs that they have to be at. And it's, like, I forget, you know, that 
there's so many things going on, but we cannot, like, just take a break and focus on one thing at a time. Because mm-hmm. that's the world we live in. It's, like, so many things going yeah. on all at once. Like, And also, like, um, believe it or not, we're still in a pandemic. So, yeah, it's, it's just, like, it's just crazy. It's, also, it's just, like, how do you balance it all? I know. I haven't found that balance yet. No. But, and I don't, I don't know if I ever will until yeah. there's, like, justice. I know, exactly. And who knows when that day will come because there will always be sin until Jesus returns. I know. And so it's, like, it's just, like, a really weird time. And I was ta- telling this to Forrest the other day, but, like, the fact, and you just said this, but, like, the fact that it affects the protests and um, social justice movements and everything politically, um... It doesn't affect me as much because, because white. I'm white and yeah. like I was just I was just talking like talking to him and being like well sometimes I mean like on social media and like online and like but in, you're not in even conversation on, like, a lot of yeah media. yeah but like in conversation with people like those are the times when I interact with what's going on mm-hmm. but like in my own life I'm not like experiencing that if that makes sense yeah. like it doesn't affect me you're not being discriminated against. Yeah, and so I was yeah. like, wow, that just really shows how much, how how much privilege I have, and like, yeah, it's just very interesting because I think that it's like a very it has the opportunity to be really um, exposing in your own heart and in your own life, and yeah, it's like a good it thing, is, but it's a hard thing. Yeah, it's absolutely a privilege to not have to think about it. Yeah, and to not be like confronted with it twenty four seven. Mhm. So. I guess that's that. Yeah, and also, like... <laughs> I don't really know what us, else to like, say. We did an episode last week on it. Yeah, and also us, listen. like, recording isn't us just, like, skipping over it and, like, moving on. Like, us still doing this episode. Yeah, I think... I've been watching a lot of, like, videos on this, and I think the general consensus of content creators... Is that isn't that weird to say? Content creator. I'm a content creator. Content um, creator. <laughs> is that like, it's our job, to, speak up for what is right and to wholly and fully acknowledge, um, what's happening in the world and talk about it, but also like. We can maybe be the mental break that people need. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. which like this can be a place of solace and like comfort and maybe sort of a break from the barrage of tragedy in the world. Yeah, and also, um, we I think if we were bigger and we had like an in- income flowing in from this, we would definitely be like. We're donating all of the proceeds to blah blah blah. But we literally don't. But we make d- literally don't make anything, so. The best we can do is, like, speak about it, which I think is really, still really powerful. Yeah, and we did, if you guys haven't listened to last week's episode, I would really encourage you to. Um, it's called, like, A Christ-like Response to Black Lives Matter. Um, but just to sort of reiterate, it's, like, it's our job as Christians and it's our job as white allies to, like, speak up for our black mm-hmm. brothers and sisters because, like... Theirs is the house on fire right now. Like, they need to help, you know? Yeah, and, like, if you have the means to, like, donate, If you have the means, please donate. Um, in the description of this episode, we will list a few petitions. Yeah, that's a good thing. We forgot to last week. Um, I think we were kind of, like, in shock last week. It was kind of chaos. 
Yeah, but we'll list a few um, change.org petitions and a few places that you can donate. Um, and also just some more, like, some websites and some more information. Yeah, and I don't really, I'm not, like, super familiar with, like, other podcasts we could recommend besides, like, Jackie Hill Perry and her husband, the Perrys. But, mm-hmm. like, because I was looking, you know, like, all these content creators, <laughs> content creators have been trying to, like, amplify and advertise and promote other content creators who are black and um there is a hashtag going around on instagram that says amplify melanated voices or amplify black voices and um (laughs) amplify black i was trying to enunciate i know it's good you're good um but we're just such a small podcast right now and like we don't have like tons of like followers we don't have a huge platform but we do want to speak truth to the yeah like we we want to do what we can yeah you know so that being said um black lives (laughs) yes black lives do still matter um and also support your local black creators yes and like i don't know be more aware of that Mm -hmm. i think i'm definitely being convicted of that and also like be aware of your white privilege yeah yeah so anyway um Today, we are going to go ahead and continue, well, continue, we're going to finish our Basics of Faith series with the sacraments. Yes, and like Rachel said, we were supposed to do this like three weeks ago, but things happened. Life got in the way, and we needed to acknowledge that. So but That's why I'm saying it's been a crazy journey, because literally it, it seems like every single week something new happens. Like, yeah. it's crazy. And who knows, next week we may be talking about, like, literally the end of the world as we know it. Or the Dust Bowl. Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway. Alright. Let's finish so, this up. let's talk about sacraments. Sacraments. <laughs> Saggy boys. <laughs> okay, so... So, broadly speaking, Christianity encompasses sort of three major branches, which is Roman Catholicism... Eastern Orthodoxy and Protestantism. Yeah. What words? And, um... There are seven, like, major sacraments according to Catholicism. And the three major branches that Rachel just said, um, are kind of known for sharing some of these, which is why the sacraments are, like, kind of... They're kind of universal, almost. I think that there are some that you can give or take a little bit, which we'll talk about, but the reason why they're more well-known is because they are genuinely, generally accepted as, as like, pillars of faith um, through these three major branches. Yes. If that makes sense. Yeah. So. Um, So the seven sacraments, these are according to Catholicism, mm -hmm. and Protestantism uh, doesn't acknowledge some of these. But anyway, okay. Or they don't claim them as, like, sacraments. Yes. If that makes sense. They acknowledge them. It's hard. We'll get into it. Yeah, we'll get into it. Stay tuned. (laughs) Keep listening. But um, they are baptism, the Eucharist, which is just communion, but Mm -hmm. also it's different in Catholicism. Again, we'll get into it. Um, Marriage, or, like, holy matrimony, anointing the sick, penance, which is um, confession and repentance, confirmation... And holy orders. Yeah. 
So that's that. So that's that. And if you have heard of them, that is, we're going to impact them and hopefully expand your understanding of them as best we can. Mm-hmm. So, um, again, disclaimer, we're super not experts. Yeah, we're not. We are definitely not theology, like, historians or anything. Yeah, if we were hythology, hitho- <laughs> <laughs> if we were theology historians, we wouldn't be having, like, this podcast. Yeah, but um, the first one that we kind of wanted to talk about is baptism, which everyone kind of knows about this, and there's a lot of, like, phrases around baptism like a baptism by fire like things like that so we'll just kind of go into like the basics of what it is and what it means and how we interpret baptism as from like a protestant perspective so anyway um the definition of baptism according to the gospel coalition which i know we've like referenced a lot i know we've referenced them a lot but they are like super good and like very theologically sound um But anyway, okay, so their definition is water baptism is an ordinance or sacrament instituted by our Lord Jesus Christ to be practiced until the end of the age, which signifies a believer's union with Christ in his life, death, burial, and resurrection, and one's membership in the church, God's new covenant people. Christian baptism is one of the two ordinances or sacraments which our Lord Jesus Christ, the head of the church, has instituted for the church's life and health until the end of the age. As such, water baptism is to be practiced today in obedience to his command. Yeah, so... <laughs> That's it. Essentially, um, baptism, water baptism, in our perspective, is probably one of the most important, like, ordinances or commands of Well, Jesus. I would argue that it, like, is the it most is, important. Yeah. <laughs> um, because it represents our very relationship to Jesus and the nature of his death, like, yeah. as a sacrifice for our own sin. Yeah. Um, and so we can kind of go into some of the more, um, like, the details of that, I guess, or, like, the symbolic way of that. Um, yeah. And that it is a covenant sign, our covenant to the Lord. So baptism, the way I was baptized and the way that um, a lot of Protestant churches do it is like when you feel that you are ready so when you like feel like you have a relationship with Jesus and you're ready to like enter into that covenantal relationship uh you like talk to your pastor or your parents or whatever um and you say like I want to get baptized and then they're like okay great and you go through like a few classes um to talk about like the weight of that and like what that actually means and then What actual baptism is, is you go in front of the church and in front of God and you confess that you believe that Lord Jesus is your Lord and Savior and that he died for your sins. And then they, like, as they're putting you under the water, they say, like, I bury your old sins and, like, raise you to new life or something to that effect. Yeah. Basically. Mm -hmm. But, like, your whole body gets wet. Mm -hmm. Um... You're, like, physically put under mm-hmm. the water and then, like, raised to new life. Yeah. And I know a lot of churches, like, uh, Methodist um, will do, like, baby baptisms, mm-hmm. which is a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's, like, a sprinkling of water. Uh, but that's not really, like, the type of baptism that we are called to. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say that right now. 
Yeah. Because that has, like... It, it's very symbolic in, like, we are saving this child, we're promising to raise this child in the ways of the Lord. But also, it's like, that child has no say in that. And they have no, like, meaning for the, You know, it has no meaning. Yeah, and so kind of going off of that, um, some views of... Or some views in those three branches that we mentioned see baptism as regener- regenerative, which means, like, you're literally dead and now you're raised to life. And it's like... Once you go un- very like, literally. like once you go under that water, you are saved. Mm-hmm. But in our view, tons of people are baptized who aren't actually saved. Like who they they don't get a new life immediately because maybe their heart wasn't in it. Yeah. Maybe they're just doing it because all their friends were doing it. You like, know what I'm saying? Like my mom said that her and my dad got rebaptized before they got married because my dad was only sprinkled as a baby, so he was like I don't, like, why? That that doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. And then my mom said that, like, she got baptized when she was pretty young at, like, summer camp because everyone was doing it. Yeah. You know, so, like, those baptisms obviously didn't, like, mean anything to them. Yeah. It's, like, the heart behind it that matters. Mm-hmm. And, like, consciously entering into that covenant. Yeah. So even if you go under the water, we believe that, that the water itself isn't what makes you saved. Or, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's that heart transformation, like you were saying. Yeah. Um, which actually relates to another view, which is, um, like, works-based faith, which is, like, you once you achieve, like, a certain amount of things or you do a certain amount of things. So, for example, um, like, in the, in the Catholic sacraments, it's, like, you you are baptized. That's, like, another check off the box of, like, works that you've done. Mm-hmm you um like give to the poor you're checking off the box you know what i'm saying like it's work like a workspace kind of view which is kind of makes back i think we've touched on that a little bit before yeah but yeah and of course like we're not catholic so if you are catholic and you feel the need to like clarify things please do like tell us yeah this is just again our dms are always open yeah you can go ahead and slide (laughs) on into those or email us at podcast at gmail.com But in the Latin, ex opere operato. Wow. I took Latin. So I took Latin in college. Pronunciation. <laughs> Thank you. But that Latin phrase means um, from the work performed. So um, when it, whenever we say that the uh, regenerative nature of baptism, like we reject that, and we also say it rejects from from works performed. Mm-hmm. That means that we think that, or we believe that baptism is actually more of a symbolic and heart-based thing, which is what we've been saying. Not just, like, something that you have to do to Yeah, be a it's not part of the checklist that once you achieve it or physically do it, you're saved. Yeah. So. Anyway. Yeah. Anything else to hit on baptism? Um. Oh, we want to read some verses that support. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Because we are not just, like, talking... We're not just, like, making things up. Yeah. (laughs) We're just, like, talking out of our ass. I was going to say booty. (laughs) Anyway, okay. Okay, let's pull up these verses. Okay, so this one is from Acts chapter 2, verse 38. And it says, And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. All right, the second one is... 
from 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21, and it says, Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the next one is Colossians chapter 2, verse 12, and it says, um, Having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. Okay. And the last verse, and again, there are like way more verses in this about baptism, but we want to keep it short. Mm -hmm. So this is Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. And they say, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's that. All right. The second. <laughs> That's that. <laughs> the second sacrament <laughs> that we would like to cover is the Eucharist or communion or the Lord's Supper. All the same thing, kind of. Mm-hmm. All right. So... Another quote from the Gospel Coalition. Not sponsored. But please sponsor. <laughs> um, is one of the church's two ordinances or sacraments, the Lord's Supper, was instituted by Jesus to commemorate his death, to symbolize the new covenant, and to point to the fellowship of a redeemed people gathered at his table and to anticipate the messianic banquet yet to come. Yeah, so that's like a lot of words, obviously, <laughs> but... We believe that the Lord's Supper is symbolic and, um, like, from our perspective, like, the bread and the wine represent... From a Protestant perspective. Just to reiterate. The wine and bread represent Jesus' body, but they aren't actually his body and blood. So, sort of a big difference between our communion and the Catholic Eucharist is that Mm -hmm. they believe that when you take the bread and the wine that it actually transforms into the body and blood. Which is called transubstantiation. Yes. By the way. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, am I covering what you're going to talk about? No, no, no. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. So we don't believe that it's actually the body and blood, but merely symbolic. Mm-hmm. And if you're curious, um, the Lord's Supper traces its roots to the Passover meal during mm-hmm. Um, the time of Exodus, which is obviously in Exodus, the book. So Exodus 12 is where we are really, we really get a lot of our, um, information about the Passover. Um, and. But also in the Gospels. Yeah, in the Gospels also. In, what, what was it, Matthew? It's, we'll read it at the end yeah, of this we'll little section. It's like Matthew 26. Yes. So basically, um, the people of God in the Old Testament, uh, the very existence of the people of God in the Old Testament was grounded in the work of, of deliverance mm-hmm. that God brought about at the Exodus. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you... He exercised judgment on the land of Egypt for the mistreatment of Israel, but instead of just punishing, like, all the Jewish people who were there, he, he made a way for them to be essentially, like, spared. Mm-hmm. And it's... Kind of the salvation. And it's called the Passover. Yeah. Because it's like the passing over of the angel of death. mm -hmm. So basically a lamb would be slaughtered and the blood of the lamb would be put on the door frames of the houses of the God's people or Jewish people. 
And what you said. Yeah. When the angel of death, like, passed over, the houses that had the blood would be spared. Yeah. Basically. Um, and so, in a very tangible sense, the lamb died instead of the firstborn son of the household. So, the animal that was sacrificed took that death, basically. And it was also the lamb, and Jesus is the lamb of mm-hmm. God. So, yeah. So, like, it's symbolic in that, like, Jesus took our death. Yes. So, essentially, the Eucharist and the Catholic... The Catholic? The Catholic... <laughs> Catholic uh, tradition is like we're eating god's body i mean that's what it is but um in our perspective it's symbolic of his of him being the sacrificial lamb and giving us salvation and sparing us from god's wrath yes so um a few verses just to support that so like one of the main passages that we mentioned earlier is matthew 26 verses 17 through 30. This is an undertaking. All right. So it's called the Passover with the disciples. Clearly labeled. Passover. (laughs) Passover me. Now on the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying, where will you have us prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, go into the city to a certain man and say to him, the teacher says, my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he reclined at the table with the twelve. And as they were eating, he said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were very sorrowful, and began to say to him one after another, Is it I, Lord? He answered, He who has dipped his hand in the dish with me will betray me. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. Judas, who would betray him, answered, Is it I, Rabbi? He said to him, You have said so. And then this next part is called Institution of the Lord's Supper. Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. So yeah, that's like the first Passover with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And also tells of Jesus' betrayal, but that's another topic. And so the reason why we always take communion on Sundays, like every week, is it's essentially like renewing the promise renewing the covenant covenant. like it's kind of like a continual promise and a continual acknowledgement and you're like when you take communion you're supposed to like remember the cross yes um and yeah and so just so a few more verses to support that one of them is john chapter 6 verses 53 through 57 it says actually sorry it's 55 sorry for my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my dr- blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he will also live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. And then the next verse is 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16-17. through 17. 
The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? So all of these verses reflect the nature of uh, like symbolic, a, a symbolic renewal of the covenant between us and Jesus yeah. in the sense that his body that was broken for us and his blood that was filled for us um, atoned for our sin and made it salvation possible. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. And also just to hit on the point of like, different sects of Christianity take communion, like, once a year or once a month or every week or whatever. Yeah. Um, there's not really any verses to, like, support taking it at different times, I Yeah, think. and that's why there are so many different yeah. branches of thought, because we all kind of interpret it differently, and, like, yeah. there's a really, really extensive history mm-hmm. of, like, people interpreting the Eucharist differently and, like, Mm -hmm. even I shouldn't say there's no verses to support taking it over times, but, like, the verses are very open to interpretation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's why people have so many different views on it. And your your own conviction and your own, like, what the Holy Spirit tells you to do is what you should do. Yeah. But... So, like, we take it every week. Yeah. Um, but there's nothing wrong with taking it once a month. Yeah. Or... However many times a year you feel convicted to take it. And like we've said before, there is like a huge extensive history of all this and we're going very, very, very basic. Like we're not necessarily discussing like why we believe it is like not actually the body of Christ or like how that came about, you know, like all that stuff is But if you're interested in that, um please do your own research. (laughs) Do your own research, but also let us know. Yeah. Because we can like talk about it. Mm-hmm. Whatever. For sure. Anyway, okay. So the second to last sacrament that we observe is called penance, which is just fun and filled with joy. Yeah. That's definitely. sarcastic if you can't tell. Yeah. Um and the reason why I call, where we're calling it penance is because that's like the familiar term that uh a lot Catholicism of, mm-hmm. like practices or whatever. Yeah. So we don't necessarily call it penance right and the reason like in a formal yeah. way and i guess we haven't really said this yet but the reason we're referencing catholicism a lot is because the catholic church like was the church for a really long time yeah and so it's like and it's really familiar to people yes so anyway it's just a good point of comparison yeah so we don't do penance or like confession in the sense of going to a priest like catholicism does um, and, like, saying what we've done and then saying, like, Hail Marys, um, which yeah. is a whole other topic on Catholicism. And, again, if you want more on Catholicism, how many, how many times have I been saying Catholicism? I know, it's kind of hard. If you want more information on this, we can totally go into it. Just let us know. But, um, we believe that you're supposed to have a personal relationship with Christ, Um, Which includes you being able to confess and repent of your sins directly to him and receive that forgiveness directly from him, not through, like, a third party or a middleman, which would be the priest in Catholicism. Mm -hmm. And um, And it's something you don't have to just do, like, at a a church building. It's something you It doesn't have to be formal. Yeah. It's, like, a very... Not casual. Casual isn't the right word, but it's, like, a fluid process. You know, like, you're constantly repenting and confessing... And also, you can confess to your community. and your, Like, I confess to Abby all the time. Yeah, like, <laughs> to people you 
like who are fellow believers who are your you're supposed to like, actually yeah it's not like <laughs> a one person the pre you know what i'm saying it's like it's not penance necessarily but yeah confession is definitely a huge part of um our faith you know yeah and the reason you're supposed to confess is because when you bring darkness to light like that's when you heal from it and that's like what we're called to do so anyways some verses to support that are okay this is from proverbs chapter 28 and it is verse 13 it says whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy blessed is the one who fears the lord always but whoever hardens his heart will fall into calamity Okay, um, the second verse is First John, um, chapter one, verse nine. It says, "If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness." Um, and then the next one is from James chapter five, verse sixteen, and it says, "Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed." The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. So I was actually about to say that right before we went into the verses that confession and repentance has a lot of power Mm -hmm. and like can really help you be sanctified and to help you transform your heart and like turn away from your sin. So yeah. All right. That's the gist of that. That's that, baby. (laughs) We're going so fast through these. Well... (laughs) I mean, we're hitting the main point. Yeah, we are, we are, we are. Okay, so this one I didn't really put as, like, a main topic (laughs) because we kind of, like, halfway do it, I suppose, and that's anointing the sick. Um, And that's not to say, like, we don't do it. It's more of, um, it's not, like, we don't see it as, like, an ordinance or command of, like, on the same level as baptism. It's not like a pillar of our faith. Yeah, it's not, like baptism or confession it's not on the same level if that makes sense yes and also like kind of how everyone like no one denies baptism and confession but some people will deny anointing the sick with oil so it's more of like an optional truth i guess i don't that sounds so it's not optional but it's also not like you have to practice this to be a Christian. Yeah, I'll say or that. it's like if you need to confess your sins and repent of them if you want to like sustain a relationship with God. You know what I'm saying? Like it's if, not on that same level. Yeah. Anyway, so Anywho. we don't necessarily believe um, that you have to like anoint with oil to heal the sick. Uh, nor do we believe that only like the leaders of the church have the power to pray over and anoint someone. My elbow just popped. I feel like you can hear it. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Um, Like, we believe that prayer is, like, the main component of anointing and, like, inviting the Holy Spirit into a person or a space. So... Yeah, it's not, like, holy water where it's, like, holy water is just naturally, like... Holy. Holy. (laughs) And it's, like, if you just sprinkle this on here, that's, like, bam. It's, like... Holy, 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 there is no... (laughs) 
glad that we were on the same page for that. Yeah, that was good. But, so, like, it's anyway, not like we think... it's not inherently it's holy. It's not like we think, like, oh, this oil is holy now. It's mm-hmm. more of, like, the prayer behind it and the intention behind it. Yes. So, basically, like, in all of the Christian faith, it's just praying and inviting the Holy Spirit into something, but you can use oil or water or whatever symbolically. Or nothing at all. Just or pray. Or nothing at all. Or you can just lay hands on someone. Yeah. Which we do pretty frequently, yeah, I would say. It, yes. And it's just, I think that a lot of the reason why we do anointing is because Jesus did it and people in the Bible did it. And it's not, yeah. like, necessarily required, but it's something that we want to, like, continue. Yes. If that makes sense. I would completely agree. So, the first verse to support this is James 5, um, James chapter 5, verse 14. And it says, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. So, that's a little bit of 15, but you get the gist. Mm-hmm. Okay. The second one? The next one is from Mark chapter 6, verse 13. And um, this is about Jesus' disciples. And it says, So they went out and proclaimed that people should repent, and they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. Yeah. So there you have it, folks. (laughs) That's that. There's a lot more, obviously. And there's, There's again... There's also, a lot more information out yes. there. And anointing in the Old Testament and anointing in the New Testament are sort of different. But that is a more in-depth topic that we are not qualified to talk about today. <laughs> anyway. And again, oh sorry, I should say this one more time. If you have any questions or comments or concerns or you like want to disagree with us um please dm us or email us or Mm -hmm. contact us through our website um which we never gave Brittany Lindsay a shout out for helping us with our website but she like helped us design our like new little website so thank you Brittany. your help was greatly appreciated all right so the last one that we're going to cover is marriage or the covenant of matrimony Mm -hmm. which abigail you're in that covenant right now yeah. And um, also <laughs> Yeah. Uh for some reason it might seem it may seem like marriage or the covenant of matrimony is like a part like a pillar of faith as in like you have to do this. But that's not true. This is more of like a belief about marriage within the confines of Christianity. Yes. It's not oh you have to be you have to have a covenant of matrimony to be like a Christian necessarily. Does yes. that make sense? Like, because it's... But it's still, like, considered a sacrament. Yeah, because it's, like, included in the ordinances, it it can come across as, like, this is a set of things you have to follow to be Christian, but that's absolutely not true because there are many, many, many people who are single or who were married who, who are no longer married who are Christians who will never get married. Like, it's not, like... Me. Well... We don't know if you're never going to get married, but you're not married now. But I'm you're single. still a Christian. I'm single, so boys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just going to put um, myself out there. <laughs> but I just want to make that clear because because we're doing a list of, like, different values that we hold. Yes. I don't want it to just seem like this is, like, a value that you have to fulfill or, like, practice. Does that make sense? It's, it's saying if you are going to get married or you're going to enter into a relationship with someone... 
um, this is, like, what that looks like in yeah. the Christian sense. Yes. So, in that same vein, our relationships with our loved ones, specifically your spouses, in that covenantal thing, covenantal thing? <laughs> that covenantal thing. <laughs> um, are to be mere images of the love shown by Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, which is sort of why it's considered, like, a sacrament and stuff. Yeah. Um, like, the covenant of marriage is like the covenant of Christ and the church. Yeah, that's why the church is called his the, his bride. So, it's kind of like that whole view of, like... Like a bride waiting for a groom. You know that one? <laughs> no. We'll be church ready for you. You don't know that one? No. We sing it at church all the time. Oh my gosh. I love it. Anyway. <laughs> I have no idea what I was saying, but it's like kind of like a, I don't, I guess what exactly what you said. It's supposed to represent that relationship. Um, and yeah, so we have a few verses that discuss this. Yes. And also just a heads up. We know that this episode is, like, very, very brief, but we are going to be doing a whole series on dating and relationships and marriage. Marriage. Wait. Love. True love. is what brings us <laughs> together, together today. Um, yeah. If you know what that's from, good. Um, yeah, but anyway, we're going to be doing more on this topic later, so... Yeah, also, just before we get into the verses... Uh, you'll remember that before we went into this, we, we said that we really have, like, two ordinances, which is baptism and communion, and we don't necessarily consider marriage, like, an ordinance. Yeah, I think we talked about that a little bit earlier, but anyway, so the verses, well, the first one, (laughs) sorry, we're being, like, super awkward. We're being chaotic. (laughs) Oh, I don't know what's going on today. Anyway, the first one... (laughs) Is the first one <laughs> the the last melon? <laughs> okay. Oh. Anyway, the first verse is Ephesians chapter five, verses twenty five through thirty three. Okay. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church, and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So that's like the relationship that we have with Jesus. Yes. This is from Revelation nineteen seven through 9 and it says, Let us rejoice and exult, and give him the glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted to her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of saints. And the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true words of God. Beautiful. 
Thank you. I wrote that. Just kidding. It was divinely inspired. And it's in Revelation. And it wasn't me at all, so... Thank you for that clarification. Just want to let you know, I'm not claiming to, <laughs> I'm not claiming to be the author of Revelation. Okay. Anyway, so like we said, uh, all of these were just like really brief overviews of all of these topics. Um, and also, I know that we did not touch on a few of them, mainly like confirmation and holy orders, because those are something that mainly only catholics observe and we don't have like any authority to speak on them mm-hmm. so again we i think we're going to like invite one of our catholic friends on at some point but that being said we're not going to touch on them today so abby do you have anything else pressing for us i guess i just want to say that we said this over and over and over again but there is a really extensive history and explanation for the things that we believe currently and i'm sure things will change because people are interpreting scriptures differently every single day and like Mm -hmm. this is just our own perspective and a very vague one at that because we just if we went into all of the details and histories of every single one of these this episode would be like four hours yeah so this is just a very 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 brief thing and um thank you guys for listening to our very quick uh rundown but yes anyway hopefully it was helpful i hope so i think it was it was interesting for me to sort of learn like that the catholic church does have like seven Mm-hmm. I don't know. I never really, like, thought about them. Yeah, and it also tells you, I think that our interpretations of these really reveal or at least expose your beliefs, like, mm-hmm. your very quintessential, like, core beliefs, because, for example, baptism, like, your view of baptism changes the whole way you look at your faith yeah. in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a personal relationship. Um, and Jesus dying on the cross... Um, paves the way for our resurrection and our victory in the end and yeah. it's not just a really empty meaning meaningless ritual that we just do to, in order to become saved it's like we understand the weight and gravity and depth of his sacrifice and his yes. resurrection so um amen sister <laughs> i really needed to hear that today that's a good word it is a good word. It is a good word. Anyway, and we're, we're just, just being, being weird today. We're just today. being a little snarky gals. <laughs> we're just being super weird today, so we apologize for that. If you made it to this point in the episode, God bless you. You have no idea how many times we've had to cut out us laughing and... Anyway, that's all we got for you today, I think. Yeah. Um, again, we will put some resources for you to support Black Lives Matter and in the description of this, and probably put some on our website, too. Uh, yeah, but anyway. Oh, I have one more thing to add. Sure. We have not said this at all for some reason the whole time, but there are, like, careening cars outside the apartment, and you've heard them the entire time, and just so you know, we are aware of those, and it's not like we're just... Not acknowledging them. Like, it's not like we just don't hear them. So sorry for, like, the background noises of cars, like, racing by, but... We don't really have a good place no. to record yeah. any of these episodes. So some days they're quieter and some days yeah. they're not. But anyway, um... That's it. Hope you guys have a good rest of your day. Yes. Um, yeah, that's all. So may the Lord bless you and guide you. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew chapter 5, verse 3.